podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zero Ducks Given. And I'm very excited to say that it is myself, Toby Tarrant. That's not the exciting part. Stephen Finn, as always. And finally, on this podcast, a fast bowler who's still actually fast. It's Tamal Mills is with us as well. Hello, Tamal Mills. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know about that. I'm injured a, a fair <laughs> amount. But um, yeah, no, good. Thanks for inviting me on. It's an honour. Uh, obviously, Guy's been talking about this uh, podcast for the last couple of years, and I've been waiting for my my invitation. And <laughs> finally, about an hour ago, and obviously a lot of preps got into it, but um, <laughs> about an hour ago, he texted me asking to come on. Yeah, that that may sound like it was a last minute idea tomorrow, but in reality, we've been desperate to get you on for months. I promise. So, uh, it's well, there. the thing is, it's every every week someone you'll message me and say, "Can we get any guests?" And I feel bad asking people to give up an hour of their time. And I feel guilty about asking someone to do it. So, so yeah, I, I finally plucked up the courage to, to get on the phone to tea today. So that's why it's also last minute. <laughs> I mean, it does, because literally, Finney, I'm like, Finney, any chance of, you know, getting any guests on? And he's like, I feel bad asking them. Finney's attitude is, I mean, I don't even want to be here. So why am I dragging <laughs> somebody else down with me? Well, tomorrow, we're very grateful to have you here. Daniel Norcross at the moment. God, can I? God only knows. Well, I'm trying to work it out. So it's about 10 past eight in the UK at the time of recording. So the time in Hong Kong, it must be about four o'clock in the morning or something, which means right now, Daniel Norcross is either in bed or doing something disgusting. And uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and it's not worth thinking about, frankly. Uh, anyway, it's great to have you on here tomorrow. Um, so I need to talk to you about a couple of things straight away. First of all, I mean, we've got a World Cup winner on the podcast and uh, I want to talk to you about the fact that you went to Downing Street. So how was that? I saw the photos of you hanging out at Downing Street with the latest Prime Minister. This podcast will probably go out in a couple of days, so there could be a new one by then. But you met Rishi Sunak. How was that day tomorrow? It must be genuinely surreal and a massive honour. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Got a text from Rob Key maybe six weeks ago asking if I was free on whatever date it was and to, to go to Downing Street and... So yeah, sure. Um, obviously, haven't haven't been before. I know Finney's been as part of Ashes winning squads and things like that. But um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm not I'm not hugely into my politics and and, and such. But um, yeah, it was it was a really good day. Got to we um, got a free suit out of it. We turned up at Lords. Um, <laughs> we got told obviously we got to send like our sizes and and shoe sizes and whatnot. And yeah, turned up at Lords kind of a few hours before to get fitted up and get kitted out few pictures we picked up a few school school kids from the ace academy who came with us and we yeah hopped up a bu- on a bus to to downing street and and yeah had a, had a poke around had a look around um met the well, i would say big man but he's he's, he's pretty small uh, <laughs> <laughs> seen that. um played a bit of cricket in the garden Theresa may was there as well so said loads of her she loves she loves the cricket um yeah it was it was, it, it was a cool day good good to say you know, you've been and you've um, you've been in and you've met the prime minister and you've you've had a little look around Downing Street, I guess. Now, uh, it, it was it looked slightly more civilized than those famous two thousand and five photos tomorrow. I didn't see a photo of you in sunglasses splashed all over the papers the next morning. So you you you, you just quietly left and let yourself out, did you? Yeah, there wasn't a beer in sight. I thought we maybe get given a beer. Whatever, there was a few sandwiches on, some tea if you wanted it. But um, yeah, it's it was certainly a lot a lot more low key than previous uh previous trips that have gone there now finny so talk to me so you've done downing street what once twice how many times um a couple of times i've been there for charity stuff as well in the past i've met 
Um, David Cameron was the most recent, um, and that would have been in 2015. It's funny, it's, it, you don't realise how much of a working residence it is. You sort of just presume oh, yeah. that you go in there and it's his house and and he's just cruising around and you're in his living room and stuff. It's it, He only gets a tiny little flat, I think, on the top floor that's private for them. And the rest of it is like a, a work building and it was hectic. When we were there, it was hectic. And the thing that struck me actually about Cameron was he obviously gets briefed about who's there and what's going on and what you've done. But his knowledge and the things that he peeled off and, and the way that he spoke, it made it sound as if he actually knew about cricket when I'm not sure whether whether he really likes cricket at all or not, which was an impressive quality, I think. Yeah, you can see something. I remember my dad said once he went to a charity do where uh, Bill Clinton was there. And he just walked, my dad said he just walked up there, no notes, and gave the most like powerful, intelligent 10 minute speech you've ever seen in your life just off the cuff because it's all they do all day, every day is getting introduced to people, memorizing stuff. You can see like sort of how they end up at the top of the game, whether you agree with them or not. Um, anyway, we won't go into politics because uh, we can't afford to lose 50% of our listeners. The, the, we'd only have about two left. Uh, but I do <laughs> want to ask you tomorrow. Uh, about your injury so um you're a very very beautiful man tomorrow but i saw your toe and it was the ugliest thing i've ever seen so i think we talked about it on this podcast actually so it's a bizarre injury one that i've never really seen before thankfully i'll be honest so so can you talk us through when it first happened can you explain for the four listeners that are still left uh what the toe looks like and how disgusting it was and how it is at the moment as well oh yeah look, honestly it's been it's been quite tough to deal with to be honest it's been the bane of my life for the last almost 12 months now yeah, I kind of on and off. I'd get little scrapes, little grazes, little cuts on your on your feet, which you know, which aren't un, uncommon. And I said one that was just just kind of nagging away. Kind of it'd be okay, but you know, just was wasn't really going away. And then we played one. We played a blast game against Surrey, and I was bowling. I was like, oh shit, like my my toe hurts here. Like it wasn't terrible, but like it's it's hurting more than it was. Anyway, finished the we finished the the game. Got back up to the changing room. Well, no, blood, I looked at my, down my boot, there's blood coming through my boot. I wore a couple of pairs of socks, leather boots, and blood was coming through that. Took my boot off, socks absolutely caked in blood. And um, yeah, obviously eventually got, got the socks off and there was just a huge kind of wound ga gash, if you want to call it, like <laughs> going across my toe, so below the toenail. So it's not, obviously fastballers get bad toe, toenails. Mine, I just had a wound going literally across the whole front of the toe. I think it was the base. I was wearing a pair of boots that one of the like lace straps had, had broken, but I was just they they felt fine. But I think maybe my foot was just moving more in the boot, and I, I'd never cut a hole in my big toe for my big toe before because I'd never had issues with it. And it was obviously rubbing and bending, and eventually it just broke. And yeah, I, I, it was it was grim. It was horrible. There was a lot of blood, and had to clean it, and we kind of tried to glue it, but it was too big of a wound to glue uh yeah, i've got my phone and the england physio sussex physios phones are just full of photos of my toe that, from the from the summer but i'm glad you said toe yeah yeah but <laughs> problem was we were obviously mid-summer then and looking back really kind of mismanaged it kind of we'd, we'd leave it a bit and then like we'd glue it and we'd strap it and then i try and get bowling again because obviously i'm in the middle of the summer i'm trying to play and then kind of we had some england games i got called into the england squad we played india Again, like I came there with this toe that was it was starting to heal, but it was you know nowhere near healed, and we stitched it. The, so the the England doctor stitched it and said, "Yeah, I reckon it'll be fine." Played the T twenty against India, like it hurt a lot. Took my boot off, blood everywhere. This all the stitches had ripped through the skin, so obviously I'd made that even worse. Stitched it again, but this time 
left it to try and get ready for the 100, left it a few weeks. It looked like, like it had closed up okay, but it wasn't strong enough. Got to the 100, tried, like, tried to play in the 100, gone again. And then at that point, it got really, really nasty. It was it, it got infected because obviously your, your feet are in boots and shoes, sweaty, dirty kind of environments, aren't they? And yeah, we weren't able to keep it clean and yeah, it got infected. So I had to kind of get rushed to see a specialist and was like, yeah, we need to operate on that. So I had an operation on it to clean out all the crap that was in there and all the dead tissue. It was really swell. It was, it was horrible. I remember I've got a photo on my phone. For, it was like 4.30 a.m. I text the physio saying like, mate, I'm struggling here. My toes like throbbing and it looked horrible. I'll, I'll send some photos if you want to see them. But, um, <laughs> I, I'm actually it, weirdly fine. Uh, you, you, can, <laughs> you, you can you can keep those. <laughs> it was it was grim. Sorry if I'm I'm going on a bit of a long window. No, no, not at all. It's, all it's, it's disgusting, but fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> Toby's never um, understood what it actually is like to bowl with any sort of pace. So his his feet are in pristine <laughs> condition when he yeah. pulls his feet out of his boots, pulling at sixty six miles an hour. <laughs> so it sounds obviously pretty mundane, and you know it's just your, your toe, but like. It's a horrible, it's similar. I've had ankle injuries before, and Finney will know the same. When you're running into bowl, knowing something's about to hurt, so for me, slamming my front foot down, you, you naturally, your body, you just pull back and you don't commit to it. And you, yeah. it affects my cricket because all I'm thinking about running in was, oh shit, this is about to hurt 24 times, a few more times if I bowl wise or nobles. So yeah, eventually I had, had two operations on it in the end, twice to clean out the op- to clean out the the wound and get it right. Then we stitched it up and then pretty much left it for a month. And then we were happy that it it did actually heal properly and was strong. And lucky enough, I was fit enough to to fly out to Australia for the for the World Cup, which was amazing. I didn't didn't play, which was you know frustrating and disappointing, but amazing to to be a part of. Um, and then yeah, I've had had a, a bit of a rough, well, very rough winter, kind of for for various reasons. But eventually got back playing, flew out to Dubai for the ILT Twenty, trained really good, warm up game really good, first match, was bowling really well, felt my toe a little bit again. So I thought I bowled three overs. I thought, oh, let me just run off quickly and just peace of mind check my toe, blood everywhere. Um, Man. Not great. It wasn't as bad as before, but yeah. you know it had reopened again. I was wearing new boots that I think the hole wasn't quite big enough, and mate, I don't think I strapped it quite as well. So, yeah, back to the drawing board. But right now it looks good. We've I've given it a long runoff to kind of heal and get ready. I've seen, seen some other people. So, and fingers crossed. Now I'm, I'm bowling. Now, if you see me bowling this summer, you'll see the world's biggest hole in my uh, in my boot. As far as my whole foot's not going to fall out of it, but yeah, I've, I've lost pretty much it. <laughs> Getting getting through a year of my career through a one percent you know skin tear on my on my yeah. body and it's been it's been it's been tough to be honest. Yeah, it's a bizarre one, a frustrating one as well. Fingers crossed for you, and hopefully now the the worst of it's behind you. But we've now that you've got this massive hole in your boots, and and Finney's <laughs> right. I don't know what it's like to bowl quickly. I think I mean I could probably sell feet pictures online. Mine are so pristine. That's how slowly <laughs> slowly I'm bowling nowadays. But Finney, interesting thing that Tomas said there about running into bowl at the standard that you guys play at with any sort of distractions in your head must be, must be, I mean, even that 1% when you're bowling, you know, world-class batsman must be huge. I mean, I love bringing it up because it's really funny, but when you kept hitting the stumps and falling over, um, although we like taking the piss out of you for it, and we should point out you had an entire law of cricket change as a result of you constantly doing that, because <laughs> that also is hilarious to me. Um, but did that start playing in your head at any point? Yeah, yeah. I I think because I'm quite 
well, not quite. I am very gangly and tall, and I'm not always in control of my limbs. Yeah, it would rattle at you when you're running in, sort of trying to understand where you're landing on the crease. And and the pain thing is the biggest one. Like you can you can sort of make the best of a bad situation if it's something technical or you don't feel quite right. You sort of learn to get through those scenarios by just gritting your teeth and finding a way on the day. But certainly when you've got something hurting and you're compensating and you're pulling back, um, especially when you bowl the pace that T does and the the force that goes through your body that you have to commit to throwing through the crease, if you're just a little bit off, it makes it incredibly hard to deliver the skill that you're trying to do. And I found that a few times in my career. I, I had a toe problem in 2015 and it was like the nail was lifting up and then digging into the bed. So it was, it sounds ridiculous, but it was so unbelievably painful every time you landed, every time you landed, that I ended up lifting my toe up to try and alleviate it when I was bowling. And then as a result of that, I can see Ethel climbing things to come over to us. She's, oh, she's not go. far away. <laughs> oh, Timar, you're in for a treat. It's normally around this time. We are due, Ethel. So uh, the listeners will be very excited because we haven't seen Ethel in a while on this podcast. <laughs> but she's made the big trip down to, to, to Hove to live with Finney. And we haven't seen. Here she comes. She's on the table. <laughs> now, true to form, she would normally show us her arsehole any second now, tomorrow. And you're, you're in for a treat. And when Daniel Norcross finds out, he missed oh, this. And it. there's the money shot. There it is. <laughs> like, you can set your watch to it. It's like clockwork. It really is. And uh, Norcross will be devastated when he finds out that he missed that while he was in Hong Kong. But it's great to see you, Ethel. It's lovely to have Ethel back, the real She's star back. of the podcast. Um, <laughs> what a treat for the listeners. Tamar Mills and Ethel's arsehole. This is, uh, this is huge. Uh, so, Finney, so you lifted up your toe. Sorry. Now, yeah. hey, slapping you in the face of her tail. Yeah. Um, and always it. at this point, I need to remind new listeners, in case we do have any, that Ethel is a cat. I want to make that abundantly clear. Otherwise, that all sounded very, very odd. Uh, but Philly, so you were trying to purposely lift your toe up when you were landing to make it less painful. Well, sort of subconsciously, yeah. And I ended up getting a stress fracture in the ball of my foot, which, because I was just stupid and I was like, oh, I can play like this. I can get through it. But sometimes the the bravest thing to do is, or the, the hardest thing... <laughs> that was Ethel knocking over Finney's microphone. <laughs> um, you think you can compensate for it, but you don't, and you end up getting more injured. So, yeah, being injured is crap as a fast bowler. It's it's terrible because you want to be out there bowling as fast as you possibly can, and your body's not letting you. So it's important that you get it right. And hopefully now for T this summer, through the back of it, every day there's new deliveries or like new holes cut in the boot. I'm like, T, what are you doing today? He's like, well, we're just cutting it a little bit bigger and, and trying this set of boots. So his corner of the dressing room, there's an unbelievable amount of boots over there. But yeah, it's trial and error and, and see what works best. And and hopefully now we found or, or he's found the the answer to it and, and can just crack on and bowl rapid. What size feet are you tomorrow? <laughs> UK 12. Oh, Big oh. fat 12 as well. You know those boots you're not using tomorrow? You're, I'm a size 12. Send them over, mate. I'll take them. I'll take them. Honestly, I've, got, I've got so many. I've got I've got three pairs in transit at the moment as well from, from India. That's the one, th- one thing I've... I reckon, I'd love to know how much money I've spent on boots and modifying boots. I also... So I have to get all my boots modified. I get new soles put on them with extra spikes because I slide a lot on my on my front foot. So I've always worn extra spikes when I when I bowl. I've got... used to try longer spikes um yeah boots are the one thing literally i could have 
well, I've not even asked for any new batting kit for this year because I know I don't I don't need it. I could I could probably the, the batting kit I've got at the moment could probably last me the rest of my career. But <laughs> boots for me are the are the one thing. If if I'm happy with my boots and my boots are good, then you know I'm I'm set. I, I realised just then as well when I said, "Oh, send me over your size 12s You're not using actually. From what it sounds like, they'll be full of blood and pus and gunk. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what? Keep them. I'm, I'm actually all right. I'm actually all right. Uh, well, we should talk about uh, the IPL, a tournament that you know well tomorrow. And it's been nice because Mark Wood's been tearing it up. Josh Butler's been tearing it up. Moeen Ali's been tearing it up. The England boys are, are representing over there. What's it like tomorrow when when you're watching the IPL on TV at the moment? Are you always keeping an eye out for your mates and people that you play with, people you know well, and seeing how they're getting on? Yeah, look, I've I spoke to Woody quite a bit. I'm, I know Woody really well. Him and I did a podcast during the World Cup. Nominated that was. If anybody wants to go out there and vote, I didn't see Zero Ducks given on the on the nomination <laughs> on the list. But well, um, I'd like to point Woody... out that our producer Sal did admit to us in a WhatsApp group quite sheepishly the other day. He goes, "Oh yeah, guys, I forgot to put us forward for any uh, awards, so uh, we actually <laughs> we are we are nowhere on the list. So vote for Tamal and Woody. If it can't be us, it might as well be Tamal and Woody. Anyway, so you're saying <laughs> so you've been speaking to him. Yeah, so chatting to it, I know really Woody's been really keen to to get out there because he, he went out there for, to CSK maybe four or five years ago and played one game and I think got smacked everywhere and literally hadn't been able to go back since. And last year he picked up a, a big contract and then um, obviously had his elbow injury so he couldn't go. So I know he was really looking forward to to getting out there this year and to see him. He bowled absolutely rapid in his in his first match. I think he took three wickets today as well. So it's great to see, you know, he's, he's had a brilliant 12 months or so and he's bowling absolutely Absolutely rapid, but yeah, there's a lot of English guys out there getting goes. A lot of them are playing, which is which is really good. Um, yeah, the because IPL can be a tough place if you're not in the eleven and you're not playing. It's 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 tough. It's it's a long tournament. You're there for nine, ten weeks potentially if your team go go all the way. So it's it's great to see uh, a lot of the boys out there and and playing. It's nice home and away again. Is it looks like it adds an extra dimension to the IPL. I went last year and it was all in Mumbai because of um, kind of COVID and we were all weren't allowed to leave the hotels. But um, yeah, looking at all the different grounds, they're all sold out. And um, yeah, the, the atmosphere looks great over there. Hey, what's it like playing in that atmosphere? Because on the TV, it sounds absolutely insane. And is it, it probably, you know, when in the sort of 90s and noughties, probably, well, and every time before that, cricketers proved themselves probably at test cricket. But I, I looked at the names having good tournaments from England, you know, Mark Wood, Joss Butler, Mo and Ali, you know, have already got off the flyers. Is the IPL now probably the place where cricketers can make the biggest name for themselves and be sort of international superstars? Certainly where you can make the most money. Um, <laughs> yeah, that certainly helps. <laughs> but yeah, like if you go to the IPL and you do well, you're you're set up because obviously you're, you're going to get kept by that team for the following you know subsequent years and get looked after. It. Well, from my experiences, I've played for two franchises, RCB and Mumbai. And although I've only played for them for one year apiece, you know you'll get looked after really well and they, they're very loyal. If you do well for them, they'll look after, you know, on and off the field and all other little bits around, you know, the cricket. Obviously, there's ulterior motives there in terms of control and year-round control and their aims and things like that that's been well documented and talked about. But yeah, it's if, if you go there, well, like your social media following goes through the roof. I know like when I joined and played for Mumbai last year, I gained my Instagram followers following when you know, gained tens of thousands of followers before even playing a game. Those those type of things that you know might not matter to some, but you know, are, are handy to have in, in in certain aspects of your life. 
but yeah, on, like what, uh, sorry, on the on the other end of it, if you do badly, you know all about it. You don't want to be looking at your Twitter if you've had a if you've had a bad game in in the IPL because uh, every man and his dog will be letting you know how crap you are. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great, and the the games are brilliant. That's the, the one thing I always look back on. Having played, I think I've played ten IPL games. If I don't play another one, like the, the matches are awesome. They're, they're long. <laughs> they could be quicker, but. Um, they're brilliant to play. And I remember what, back when I was at RCB in 2017, I was young, I was only 23 or whatever I was. I was playing at Eden Gardens against KKR, full house, 70, 75,000, whatever it was. And I remember just, I think I was a fine leg or something. And I just kind of looked around and it it was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, you don't get this very often, no. you know, we've play, been lucky enough to play at some great grounds all around the world, but you know, like full house, IPL grounds, Eden Gardens, wherever it is, it's, it's it's up there for sure. It's the closest sort of cricket ever comes to that sort of feral football atmosphere, I guess, in many, many ways. And it looks insane yeah. on TV. And as you mentioned there, the, it's nice that your Instagram followers go up, but uh, Indian cricket fans, they're not a quiet bunch on Twitter. So I'd imagine if you don't have a good game, they certainly do <laughs> let you know about it. Uh, now, Finney, I won't ask Tamar this because it's not fair, as you know, he's currently uh, a, a good teammate of his, but... Uh, I'm going to do something that's unheard of, and I'm going to question Ben Stokes for a second here, Finney. Now, every single week on this podcast, we talk about him, and we love him very much, and he can do no wrong. Is there an argument as England test captain, because he's obviously not right, he's not bowling, and he's getting injections at his knee, is there an argument that Ben Stokes could have done without playing in this tournament, and maybe as the test captain should not be playing in this tournament? Rather you than me, Arthur, in this one, Finney. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks for that. He bowled, he bowled today in the IPL. Yeah, he did. He did. He said he wasn't going to as well. All the more reason for this. That's partly what made me want to ask the question of Finney. Well, the physio, the England physio must be, he must I mean... have been watching that thinking, what on earth is going on? <laughs> um, it's a, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I think, first of all, I don't know what the injury is or exactly what he's had. Like I've, I've had a bad knee and they're hard to manage and they're hard to stay on top of. Um, and to make sure, especially to bowl at 100%, as we spoke about earlier, to have confidence in it. It's something that has to be absolutely perfect and something I only really appreciated after I had my first knee injury about how important it is to be able to to, to help you to bowl quick. So I think they'd be working back from that test series if he needed surgery or they thought that he really needed to do something in particular for it, then I've no doubt that with the fact that he's centrally contracted and the test match captain that he wouldn't be at the IPL. The reason or the, the fact that he is there suggests to me that they believe that he is capable of being able to build up towards that Ashes series with a, a series of bowling in order to then play a part in that Ashes as an all-rounder. But Ben Stokes is Ben Stokes and he's a very hard man. If he's determined to do something which is a very big positive in his career with the fact that he's bowled those 16 over spells in test matches and and done the the dirty work when other people might be shying away from it. He's always been willing to do that. Um, it can be hard to get the ball out of his hand if he's insistent on it. So, yeah, if I was the England physio, I'd probably be hopping on a plane over to India to try and um, to try and keep an eye on him firsthand. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it sort of sums him up because the, the word was he wasn't going to bowl and then he did bowl in the IPL because if a game's going a certain way and he thinks he can contribute to his team winning, no one's going to tell him no. Uh, Tomorrow, I mean, you've played a lot of cricket with him now and you spent a lot of time in camps with him. I mean, 
obviously he was the hero in that World Cup final as well. But just talk to me about Ben Stokes because I sit here as a fan and I've never met the bloke and I've certainly never played with him. But he's, he seems, I mean, he's sort of the closest thing we've got to a real life superhero, it feels like at times, watching him on TV. Yeah, I had that shot. I played a bit with Stokesy when I was younger, like I think where if he's maybe a year older than me and we were in like a few England Lions tours and such when we were younger. And then... You know, I, I I went for a long period of not playing for England, and we didn't come really come across each other in county cricket. So I didn't I didn't play a lot with Stokesy for for a long time until this World Cup just gone in Australia, and yeah, I I was really really impressed with him. Obviously, uh, I'm not impressed by many cricketers to be honest. Like, <laughs> I don't, Fair enough. Yeah, you know you you kind of play with and against a lot, and but seeing Stokesy. He came out to that T20 World Cup without playing a T20 for maybe a year or so, or a long time at least. I don't know exactly when when his last T20 was. He, I know he hadn't done a lot of training before getting on the plane because he he'd had a break from cricket and he'd struggled with a couple of things. But he came out there and just got straight into it. I ran out a lot of drinks to him. Obviously, I was 12th man for the whole tournament and there was a few times my well, I was running drinks out to him in run chases uh, my mind goes to a game, the game we played against Sri Lanka at the SCG, where we were losing wickets, and you know, it was t- touch and go. We certainly weren't weren't cruising it, and at no point running drinks out to Stokesy did I f- feel anything other than complete calm. It was he, literally like he was out, you know, at your local park just having a net. Like, could not have been more calm. It was it was it was noticeable for for me just running drinks out to him, you know asking if you know there's any messages to send back and he's like no not really like it's all you know, it's, 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 it's all good um and then the other thing that probably again i noticed you, we noticed it on the on the sideline in the bench that you might not notice at home is like the work rate so he was at the gabba which is obviously a very big square when we were playing new zealand they had left right hand batters at the time this was towards the end of the game and stokes he was doing deep square to deep square so he was literally running, so there'd be a single and he'd be running the width of the Gabba to field at deep square for the next batter. He'd field a ball, throw it into the keeper, immediately have to run back the complete width of the Gabba just because he, you know, at that time, you know, you want your your big players in, in the big positions. And we had a few guys that probably preferred to stay in the ring in that in that World Cup winning side as well. So seeing that, that, that that's probably the type of thing you don't get on TV, but yeah. just watching him just like pelt it across the Gabba with probably the biggest surface in, in Australia. Yeah, very, very impressive. Had had you noticed that you said you played with him obviously when he was very young and you were both young, and then you played with him when he was Ben Stokes, you know, the superhero that you played with at the World Cup. Was he exactly the same uh, when he was younger or did you notice the change in him? Uh, oh, difficult to answer because there's only there's only a couple of tours like Lions tours, and I would I would have been young and very inexperienced. So yeah, it's difficult to say. Like he certainly hadn't gone through anything that he'd gone through at, at that at that time. Just, but I guess that kind of care, not carefree attitude, but that calmness, I guess, is something that's probably been with him for his whole career. I guess you know, not being overawed by by situations. But yeah, difficult one to answer to be honest. Fair enough. Uh, well, now from the IPL. Uh, and from one of England's great all-rounders to a much bigger tournament and the greatest all-rounder that English cricket has ever seen. Because it's been a while since we spoke about this man, but the only person that we love more on this podcast than Ethel is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Darren Stevens. And we were devastated when Darren Stevens 
wasn't given a new contract last year, but I'm delighted to say that somebody has seen sense and he has been signed. And it's the big one because Darren Stevens will be taking part in the Cornish Big Bash. He is going to be playing for Penzance. There was a photo posted on social media of him signing the contract. I say the contract. He's in a kitchen somewhere uh, signing a blank piece of paper, (laughs) (laughs) which... Why did he not think of this day and age of social media that anybody would notice that? Um, but Finney, I mean, first of all, it's a win for cricket that Darren Stevens is still going strong. So I think he'll be up to 47 now, I'm guessing. I think he was 46 last year, so he'll be 47 now. And Finney, it must be nice for you to see sort of where you'll be applying your trade in about 12 months' time as well. <laughs> yeah, but less, I reckon. or Less than 12 months. Um, I, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? There was one stage a few weeks ago when there were pictures of him doing some bat testing at the Sussex indoor school. And I got so many messages from people saying, have you lot signed Steve-O? Have you signed Steve-O? <laughs> people were convinced that Sussex had signed Steve-O in a complete reversal to the youth policy we've had here for um, for the last couple of years. But no, I think any cricket field that has Darren Stevens' presence on it is, is one that's more fruitful and better. And the fact that he's plying his trade down there in Cornwall, Shows that he'll be ready and raring to go if any county sides do become um, needy in the middle of the summer for uh, for a veteran experienced all rounder. I mean, let's be honest, he's going to tear shit up. He's, I mean, but he's he's going to be absolutely unplayable and he's going to hit the ball miles. Well, it'll go one of two ways. He'll either absolutely tear up, or it's going to be that club cricket thing where the experienced pro comes back and people just walk down the wicket and try and slog him, um, basball style. And everyone wonders what on earth, what, what professional cricket's an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to go one of two ways. I hope for Steve and his legacy, you know, going out the way that um, the way that he has done from the professional game. You hope for his legacy that it, it's good for him down there. There is, is there something in that? Because I remember what we had this overseas at our club a few years ago, and he was he played for Canterbury in New Zealand, and he was the best batsman we'd ever had at our club. And he was crap for us. And then we eventually, we drew Sunbury in the T20 tournament. Sunbury, very good Surrey Prem side, who had some proper cricketers, including Roland Jones's brother and a few others. And our New Zealand batsman went in there and the best I've ever seen him play. He scored 50-odd of about 20 because the bowling was finally not shit. Is there something in that, Tamal, that basically, <laughs> if you ever bowl at like club cricketers, which you probably don't do very often nowadays, I mean... Obviously, you would knock my poles over every single time tomorrow, but I'd never be able to snick you because I wouldn't be good enough to get my bat anywhere near you, I don't think. Finney, I'd spank all over the place, but you tomorrow, you're still quite good. No, I think it's it's right. They're, they're completely different games. And um, I'm, I haven't played club cricket for a long time now, but even like, I remember when I was coming up, when I was kind of a youngster at Essex and I'd still go home and play you know league cricket if I wasn't in the first team I I didn't do very well like I didn't you know <laughs> you bowl different lengths it's, it's it is a completely different game batsmen play just completely differently to what kind of your county players will play or international players I'd like to think being proud if I went and played a club cricket game now I'd, I'd, I'd do I'd do all right but that could be you know very very far off the mark it is it's a different game like even it'll be stuff like the wicket ends will be wet or not you know, not roll properly, and then you're sliding on the on the front foot, and I don't know all those all those little bits. You know, you have to do your own physio, you have to do your own tape, and, <laughs> and all, that, all that stuff. We're very lucky for uh, to to get provided for us, but um, yeah, it's, it is a it's a tailor's oldest time, isn't it? The, the the county player goes back to club cricket and and does terribly. 
Well, I mean, you're right because we talked about this a few weeks ago, Tamal. But um, <laughs> Finney is a molly coddled professional. You know, he's always had physios and ice baths and all this sort of stuff. You know, and somebody probably goes out there and spray paints his run up for him and all this sort of stuff. Uh, meanwhile, me as a proper club cricketer, you know, down there, at, you know, the grassroots level, uh, we worked out recently, Tamal, that I am actually a better cricketer than Stephen Finn because oh, yeah. Finney. We went and found the fa- uh, the stats on play cricket. And in the most recent few years where Finney has gone back and played some club cricket, and when I've most recently played club cricket, I've wiped the floor of him statistically tomorrow. <laughs> and, th- and that's it. It's because you pros don't realise how mollycoddled you are nowadays. So I'm glad that Darren Stevens is going to be playing some, some proper cricket. Uh, over the next few months. Um, now, tomorrow, I mean, he's 47. You reckon you've still got 17 years left in you if your toe holds steady tomorrow? <laughs> Absolutely not. I've, uh, <laughs> we were speaking about it in the dressing room today, actually, like, well, would I play, you know, will I go and play club cricket when I stop playing uh, professionally? And I, I very much doubt it. I'm not sure how my missus would, would, would fancy me. Just, just I've got I've got two young kids as it is now. They'll obviously be a bit older in, in five, six years' time. And, if I just start saying, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm no longer going to be here on on Saturdays," um, I don't know how well that would that would go down. But um, nah, if I don't know what I'll be at 47, but I, I'm I'm sure I won't be a cricketer. <laughs> well, I mean, especially when at the minute, at least you can argue if your family are paying the bills. But when you start paying 10 pounds every Saturday to play, <laughs> that's a very exactly. that's a very very different story. Uh, Finney, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but uh, if your body holds up, there's no chance of you playing any club cricket, is there? Do you know what? It's it's funny. I've always always said no that I won't, and even until recently, I've said no, I won't. But I've not played a game of cricket now since last July, which is ages ago. It's the longest I've ever not played a game in my entire career. And I really miss playing cricket. And actually, I was thinking about it today. The boys are out there playing against Exeter Uni. Exeter Uni, actually, on a side note, bought like there were like 20 of them because it must be Easter holidays at uni. 20 of the Exeter Uni um, players, like mates, came down on the piss dressed up in whites and were singing <laughs> Jerusalem and songs. Every time there was a boundary today, they were singing and screaming and shouting. It was amazing. That's great. Um, and unbelievably funny. They had very good humour. Um, but yeah, I was sat there watching it today just thinking how much, because uh, it was the first two days cricket and it was clear blue skies down here. It was beautiful. The Love first it. two days cricket that we've had this year. And I was like, actually, if when I finished and I feel as though my body could do it, I think I might actually want to play cricket. So the, the door may be open, but oh, Finney, um, but we're, we're just going to wait and see, I think. Stoke Dabberton, mate. Come on, Finney. I'll, I'll take the first over. You can uh, <laughs> you can have the second over. Imagine that, the Tarrant-Finn partnership. It could be a beautiful thing, Finney. It wouldn't be a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Division 7, is it, that you play in? Oh, I'll be all right, thanks. Uh, yeah, okay. Sorry, Division 2. I thought I'd like to nip that rumour in the bud straight away. <laughs> um, now, uh, speaking of pre-season, I saw a wonderful thing on Twitter the other day. And uh, and this is Basball filtering down to to the county game. So Finney, I think it was last week we spoke about the fact that you were saying, you know, there's going to be clear direction from from the England boys to down to the county level of what we want to see from players. Has anybody seen the shot played by Rory Burns against yes. Roland Jones? <laughs> I've heard about. I've heard about it. Oh, Timar, it is first ball of the game in preseason in front of an empty oval. So Roland Jones runs in, he bowls. Rory Burns takes two steps down the wicket, tries to hit it for six and just picks out mid-off. I mean, uh, I guess this this is going to be what it looks like for these first these first few months while everyone tries to get in uh, McCullum and Stokes' good books. I mean, Smile, obviously you specialise in, in white ball cricket, but what's it been like from your point of view watching what, uh, what Brendan and Stokes are doing with the test team? And also, 
what that's doing in turn to the county game as well. Oh, it's brilliant to watch, isn't it? Like, I, so I haven't played a four-day game now for seven years or, or whatever, and I'll, I'll watch England play Test cricket on and off. Like, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't sit down and watch days Test Test cricket. Like, as I've got kids now, that have, have that luxury, but like, I wouldn't naturally sit and tr- watch a day's Test cricket. Whereas I think I probably would now. Um, I certainly tune into sessions whenever I can. Uh, this last year from when the boys have, have been playing and speaking with Bolly Robinson back at Sussex uh, this last month, he's been loving it. You know, it's, it's, it looks great fun. I've I've been lucky. I've played with Baz in maybe three different T20 franchises, obviously completely different um, environments, but I get it. I get how, you know, it's no, no surprise to me how he's gone so well and how he's so well received. And I've played under him as a captain and just as a senior player within franchise tournaments. And he's just a, good bloke that talks sense and doesn't put players under pressure and those those three things go a long way in cricket there's it's funny how how unfortunately a lot of coaches get that yeah, completely wrong um so yeah it's, it's it's been really good to watch it's clear what they're trying to do they're you know everybody's buying in to, to it and so far it's working so obviously people aren't, aren't complaining about it and the fact that it worked early is obviously great because you can you can afford a rough patch at some point knowing that it has um, work significantly all around the world so far these last 12 months and um, yeah I think it's going to be really interesting to see how these first couple of rounds of championship cricket go whether you're going to get batters coming out there and it looks like from the seeing some pre-season scorecards and, and, and such looks like guys are you know giving it a nudge and, and getting on with it and it's it's good because it's clear messaging isn't it that if, if you want to get into that England test team you've you've got to play a a certain way and obviously look, for everybody that'll be different and some people might struggle with that uh, more so than others but one thing we talk about in cricket a lot especially playing in different teams is 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 how important communication is and it's always something that gets moaned about and complained about oh we, we didn't get told what we're doing we didn't know what the messaging is supposed to be we didn't know x y and z it's, it's pretty clear isn't it as, as i just said if you want to play test match cricket for england in this regime it's it's pretty clear how you got to play, and it was, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing, um, seeing what, how how the boys go when it's nipping around or doing a bit. If it does these, what starting on Thursday the championship starts, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I don't think that's the the shot from Rory Burns. I don't think that's the first video like that we're going to see over the next few weeks in the county championship. Uh, I need to correct myself as well, by the way, because I've talked uh, I've talked Tim Murter out of a wicket there. It's bold murder. It's caught Roland Jones and Finney, as you know. Tim will be fuming if any wickets get taken away from his record. Well, he's got enough. He's he's got over a thousand of the fuckers. He doesn't need any more. I, I actually don't know how he's doing it. He's forty. I reckon he's forty-two this year, Murder. Yeah. And I love him to bits. I'm godfather to his one of his children. But I'm just looking Anyone? at him thinking, mate. You didn't, get, you didn't get the call up for the rest of them. Yeah, what no, happened? just the yeah, just the one. I did a shit job <laughs> with the first one. I didn't get asked back. <laughs> we got two birthdays on the spin, and I was out. Two strikes. Thanks for coming. No, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was looking at him thinking, this is like your could be your 25th preseason or something like, and he's there doing all the running and going training every day and bowling in the in the indoor school. I'm like you. You either really just want a few hours away from home each day or you really love cricket. It's probably a mixture of the two. Yeah, well, I mean, you did mention there that he's got a few children, so it could very much be getting a few hours outside of the house. Um, well, I mean, he is one who'd probably be licking his lips because if people keep playing shots like that, then Tim Murta could add a few more wickets to his ridiculous statistics already. Uh, and also, what's fascinating, so good luck if you're... Uh, there'll be a few club cricket teams, I reckon, having their first pre-season game this weekend coming up. So... 
I'll tell you now, because Basball will filter down to the, even the crap cricket that I play. And I'm telling you now, from what I've seen in previous nets, every batsman now thinks they're playing test cricket for England. It is. <laughs> if you look at play cricket after the first league game of the season in the next few weeks, there are going to be so many teams getting bowled out at about seven or eight overs thinking they're playing Basball. So it's going to filter the whole <laughs> way down, I'm telling you. Jamal, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you, mate. I hope the toe is on the mend because I don't want to see any more of those horrendous photos. And I look mm -hmm. forward to watching you in action this summer. Uh, and Finney, it was lovely to see you. And more importantly, Ethel as well. But thank you so much, Jamal. And come back and see us another time as well. Yeah, pleasure. As I said, I'm, I'm around. My, I only play cricket in England for two months of the year. So, um, yeah, just Finney, Finney's got my number. He knows where I live, so he can pop around and, and we can do it together. Thanks for next week then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We'll see you next week. And I'm sorry that you had to drop down and uh, and feature on a non-award nominated podcast before. Well, you've got to give back sometimes, haven't you? You got to you got to you got to pick up the the little people. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Thank you that from from Downing Street to an unnominated podcast to Mar Mills, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. <laughs>